on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. It's episode 36. And just 199 days since our last episode. So I guess we better get cracking. I'm Karen Bastia, and with me is a man who's missing fencing almost as much as me. It's Dave Baker. Firstly, mate, how are you? And how are things in London? Bash, I'm doing really well. Uh, London, probably a bit less so, but um, uh, we've been locked down for a while now, so everyone's working from home and uh, no non-essential travel. So not too bad. Yeah. How, uh, how are you doing down in the, uh, in the southwest? Well, you know what, what? We're all fine down here. Family's uh, safe and well. Infection figures down in Devon are, are about as low as anywhere in the UK. So uh, I guess we're pretty lucky in that respect. Um, and as you know, my, my wife uh, is a carer for the elderly. And uh, thankfully, she had her first vaccine jab today. So um, uh, good news. But otherwise, we're staying at home. Uh, walking the dog and, um, and and like you I'm working from home as well but um, look let's move on uh, look, understandably there's been no international fencing tournaments because of the global pandemic um, but uh, and that's kept us away from podcasting uh, maybe some people would be happy about that uh, but uh, a couple of days ago the FIA made two big announcements um, firstly, let's just cover off uh, the uh, sad but predictable news that the cadet and junior zonal qualifiers or zonal uh, championships have been cancelled. Um, very sad news uh, for our young fencing contingent around the world. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awful. Uh, you, you only get so many chances uh, at these things, given that you know they're age-related. Uh, but I think this has been a... Fencing is not the only... The casualty of this, you know, there's going to be suffering for schooling. Uh, it's been real tough on, on, on the younger generation here. So it's just another another COVID casualty. But, I mean, obviously these events can't happen and they can't happen in, in, in the size and scale that they want to happen. But I think, you know, a good chance next year we can, we can get everyone back together. Yeah, I think we've got, we've got to have that... that uh vision of looking to the future and what what can be possible when everyone's safe and uh, and also you know think about it's it's in trying to find the silver lining in all of this it's it's reminded us how how important fencing is to us all. so um you know let when we get back let's embrace it um but let's move on from that sad news to the slightly better news uh, that the dates and the locations for the final olympic qualifiers have been announced the news we've all been waiting for uh just to put some detail around it uh 10th to the 14th of march will be saber competitions in budapest followed by uh, epic competitions in kazan on the 19th to the 23rd of march and the final foil olympic qualifier for tokyo uh 2020 21 uh 2020 i think it's still uh 26 to the 28th of march in doha but dave uh there's just a tiny little bit more detail and it's quite important yeah i think i think as we we expected bash that there was always just one event left for each weapon so in the last time we were debating whether they'd do it all in one big location get you know try and get some economies of scale for organization and referees and things like that so they've kind of gone halfway there by putting all the foil world cups and so that's two individuals and two teams together for, for both the saber and the epee and then obviously having the foil gp 
combined, but that's always combined. So I think that's really clever. Um, and then, as you can imagine, we with uh, Mr. Ismanov being president of the Federation, he's obviously been very generous with funding. Uh, so there's 900,000 Swiss francs available uh, to the organisers for, I mean, just, just add up the extra costs you'd imagine. So there's going to be a lot of COVID testing, uh, a lot of additional cost associated with, I can only imagine, hotel rooms, transport, extra organisation. I mean, it must be just an... I, I find it's, you know, I've organised a couple of competitions in my time, makes my head hurt thinking about how they would have to put that together. So um, if it's split three ways, so 300,000 Swiss francs per, per event, that would certainly help, uh, which will be a you know, very difficult, very difficult organisational challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah, it really, really is. Um, and, I, and I guess that, um, you know, part of the, the, the reason for not doing is we, we said perhaps was a way forward doing a one massive Olympic qualifier for all of them is that you, if you like, you're keeping the weapons safe from each other. Uh, and you're, yes, you have to hold three tournaments, but um, if, you know, if there is an outbreak, it's only going to be uh within you know with a one within one weapon uh but who knows who knows let's not speculate too much um but look clearly there's been an awful lot of work going on behind the scenes on this one uh, as you say the, the you know the, the extra layer of planning which we'll get into in a little bit more detail but let's get your first impressions i mean would look we've not had we've had no news no international fencing and no olympic qualification concluded now we've got a plan yeah, absolutely. So this this is half the plan. So notionally, there should be some zonal qualification tournaments as well. Uh, can't quite envisage how they would happen either, but great to see that there is at least a plan to have some live fencing. I think the time frame, at least what I've seen reactions on social media, has been jumping out at people. Um, effectively circa five or six weeks from today we're expecting 200 men's sabras and 150 women's sabras to turn up in budapest feels a little um optimistic shall we say and maybe there is that fine line between optimism and and, and aggressiveness um at the same time, I, I understand where the FIE are coming from. You need to have a plan in place. Uh, I've seen re reiterated a number of times that from the Japanese government and the IOC that the Olympics will happen this year. So we do need to conclude the qualification period, um, rain, hail or shine. And so if it is possible to get these events happening and people arriving and tests happening, then fantastic. Uh, but um, there's, there's, there's definitely a risk that it doesn't happen. Well, I think the, the, you know, the, there's that cautious but positive uh, uh, mirroring going on with the FI because, I mean, you know, it is clear that any plans made now in the current environment and the current climate uh, are subject to change. So everybody knows that, you know, if you make a plan to go and, um, you know, go to the doctor for, uh, you know, whatever, a health check, a regular health check, it, 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 that could change tomorrow as well. So it's not, 
I, I hear what you're saying, and yes, I believe you're right. It is ambitious. It's certainly Budapest uh, in early March, but like you say, we've got to we've got to have a plan. We can always change the plan. Um, and, and let's be frank, there's, there's going to be a lot of questions about this. There's lots of movement on social media, uh, but we're not necessarily here to speculate. Um, we're here to discuss what we know. Uh, so let, let's go back to what you mentioned, the protocols, the logistics, uh, getting everyone there, venues, transport, hotels, COVID protocols. Planning is going to be the key if we get this right. Oh, definitely. And I think they've been given, they've given, given a reasonable amount of notice. So I picked up the news on, uh, you'll love me dropping his name in, but who's Aubrey's uh, Facebook page, um, which delved, uh, delved me into the, the FIE website. Um and their first, their first uh, reaction was to book plane tickets and get travelling. Uh, so that we've been given enough notice for teams to start to uh, to plan. Um, I think it's quite important. I think for, for teams that aren't full time athletes, for people that have jobs or part time jobs how people get there, what airlines fly once you're there, what hotels you use, what transport is used, um, I think is a real question. And I don't know how many sports have done the same, have done the same steps. So how much has been done behind the scenes? What are they doing together in Lausanne? And sort of comparing notes to get to get these things right. And I don't know how that affects, how that affects the athletes all the way from, you know, full-time professional athletes all the way down to, you know, athletes where it isn't their full-time job. Well, look, I mean, you know, working as I do across multiple sports, I know that other sports have, have uh, held events, world championships in handball going on at the moment in Cairo, which is where our um, cadet and junior world championships are due to be held. Uh, there, there's been international shooting going on in Rabat in, uh, in North Africa as well. So there are events going on. Of course, football, uh, soccer, depending on where you're from, is going on all around the world, including here in the UK, the, the Australian Open is due to start in uh, in Melbourne, uh, not without its problems, as I'm sure everybody's heard. Um, but, you know, other sports are making these tentative steps. And, you know, I don't see any reason why the FIE shouldn't also uh, have a go. And who knows how long we've been talking, as you've intimated, to, to the organisers and, and have already got very solid plans in place. Um but let's go back to talking about um, our superstars, our fencers, our athletes. Um, no international events since early last year. Uh, and whilst we've seen some domestic competitions going on, and the Russian National Championships was last weekend in all age groups. There's competition in Poland. There have been competitions in, in uh, Bulgaria, I know, in France, in Germany. Uh, there's been no full World Cup Grand Prix international, what we'd consider a full international competition. And these athletes are going into a qualifier effectively cold. They, they haven't competed against each other for, well, it will be a year by the time we get there. Are we going to see some interesting results? And are we going to see athletes choose not to go if Olympic qualification isn't possible? Oh, I mean, almost certainly. Normally, this is getting towards, you know, in a 
Olympic qualification year, you're getting towards the crunch end of the season anyway. Um, we would have, you know, you'd be on the back of a couple of World Cups, uh, maybe a GP depending on the weapon. So you will have had a number of competitions pretty tightly scheduled. So to have, I mean, to have effectively a year off is, is, is unprecedented. I mean, maybe the best, maybe the best example could be uh, that sort of first couple of World Cups after an Olympic year where you see a lot of fences not there. You know, this is a good time to take a pause or a break or retire, um, whether it's you know, some athletes starting to start families or something like that. It's always a, a natural pause. I feel like it's going to be pretty similar. Uh, you probably wouldn't necessarily go to um, a World Cup with all the challenges involved in that have a real good reason to go. Uh, and it, generally I find that World Cup in November after the Olympics is, is it's not sparsely attended, but you see teams, you know, bringing in their juniors or, you know, it's sort of a refresh, it's a new cycle, that kind of thing. So I think it could be, yeah, could be, could be pretty similar. But then it could be really interesting, especially if people know that they've got one competition to find whether they go to the Olympics or not, and that applies to teams as well as individuals. Um, it changes the changes the metrics. Yeah, I, I, you know, from a from a fan point of view, um, it could be it could be very tasty. It could add to the the, the excitement. We have to wait and see, but uh, I think you're right. I think we will have a. A drop in numbers but uh, we'll have to see won't we uh what about you and me dave it's been such a long time are we are we back together for good are we are we going to be doing previews and and reports after each event gosh it's a bit weird isn't it like normally normally i see you more than i see you know some of my best mates are you are you questioning our friendship or, or yeah, did no, I get it wrong in the first place i haven't seen anyone i'm sort of getting these sort of one year anniversaries of fencing events i haven't been on a plane that year um yes yeah absolutely uh just uh cannot cannot wait to restart a bit of normalcy cannot wait for international fencing to come back um it's 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 been weird, but I suspect it's been pretty weird for everybody. Um, and you know, the Facebook page is still there. It would probably have ten times the followers if we actually had the Olympic Games, but it's still there. Um, uh, Facebook.com forward slash fencing Tokyo. Um, and I guess maybe the the one positive is that we're a year closer to the uh, Paris Olympic Games and. Uh, and I don't think you'll, you certainly won't be uh, hearing the last of us, that's for sure. Yes, plans afoot for post-Tokyo. But well, let's get Tokyo out of the way. Uh, so we've got these three qualifiers coming up in March. And then, of course, it's the last chance saloon. You've kind of already alluded to it. Yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So normally, we would have that winner-takes-all tournament, which... I love, but I suspect it's hell on earth for the athletes and the coaches and the and the fans. But you know, as a, as a neutral, I, I find it very entertaining. Um, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Uh, options could be next best qualifier, assuming they don't run it. Um, I mean, the IOC might actually put pressure on numbers. 
to say actually just no more extras you've got what you've got uh there's there's a lot of unknowns out there i think we're just gonna have to wait and see to be frank yeah so of course we're talking about the zonal qualifiers and yeah. give uh, uh countries uh, an opportunity for that last chance to uh, qualify one athlete the winners of each of uh, the six disciplines in each zone on the rules as they stand, would also be added to the list of Olympic qualifiers, but um, and they're scheduled for the end of April, so they're still they're still then in the calendar. Uh, they're still planned to happen, but like Dave says, who knows? Uh, we we've had to wait much longer than expected for uh, our first Olympics with twelve fencing gold medals, and it looks like we're starting to get near uh, to the end of that wait, um, Dave. Thanks very much, as always, and uh, both Dave and I will be back for a preview of the double header in Budapest very soon. Bye for now. Bye.